is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. It's the second hour of Wolf and Starks in the locker room. And the locker room, again, is Hyde Park, where you have the purveyors of the perfect steak. Come on down. You'd love it. I, for one, always enjoy myself here whenever, whenever I'm I am able to get down here. All right. So we got the first hour in. We talked a lot about, uh, you know, what Mike Tomlin's quote and about being better and, and breaking down his, his comments. But we want to move along because we've got Jim Wexel, our buddy from Steel City Insider, and he's in the locker room. And Wex, welcome, my friend. Hi, Wolf. Hi, Max. Hey, Jim. Is Max there? How you doing, yeah, I'm buddy? here. He's Can you there. hear me? Okay, I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're in the media full time with us now. You're doing a great job, Max. Thank you. All right, Wex. You know, you, you think about it. Um, this is a this. Max kind of really hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, you go in and you kind of steal a game that everybody says you weren't supposed to win, you know, and it really does set you up when you have the, that, that win in somebody else's house. Uh, it can set, set the tone for September. What do you think this does for the Steelers team as, as you look, uh, you know, you got the Raiders coming in and so forth in the future. Uh, to me, it's a tone setter and it says something to the guys. Well, it ensures that they're going to be 500 after they play the Raiders, so that's always big. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I see Wex comes in a little feisty, and he's going to lay it out. Well, Steel City Insider, where you write your great column, has been predicting the Steelers over to Bill since the schedule came out, and with it went – and, of course, lose to the Raiders. It's so Steelers to do that. And plus all the trouble they've had with the Raiders the last 15 years. You know, the Raiders are 0-1 in the playoffs the last 15 years and 5-2 and against the Steelers. So, uh, anyway, I thought it was a joke, but, no, it does set the tone. It definitely sets the tone. And <laughs> it's, I, 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 I'm just giving Wex, a little Let me here. tell you this, Wex. Let me... saying, everybody keeps saying Everybody picked the, the Bills. No, not everybody. There was one idiot that believed. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, I I agree with you, my friend. But the first thing I was panicking was when you said Steel City Insider. I thought I got the wrong name for a moment there. It just flashed in my head. I'm like, going, how, no, could you, you, how could you screw that up? You nailed it, Wolf. You nailed it. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Max, we go back a long ways, Wex and I, and the funny part is um, he knows, you know, I, he's dealing with a concussed individual. So it's it's one of those, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun. So, all right, let's talk offensive line because that's something that's dear, dear to Max and I in your heart, Wex. Yeah. Um, now, let me ask you this. You guys are the aficionados of O-line play, so I'm I'm out of my element talking with you guys. But if they had if the Bills line was the Steelers line, how much grousing would be we be doing today about drafting, about coaching? I mean they all look like butchers. They just looked awful. They were holding they every did. one of them was holding on every snap. <laughs> now I can't believe it was all because of the D line. Uh, uh, I mean, those guys just look terrible. At least the Steelers have some athletes they can mold here. 
Yeah, I mean, when I look at it, Wax, and, and I think this is, you know, kind of the biggest thing. I think for that youth on there comes, you know, what we what we like to call a ceiling. You start to develop. What is his ceiling? Does he have a high potential? Is it a low potential? Has the kid, have, they, have they reached their pinnacle? And I think with older players, you tend to lower that ceiling. Um, the older they get, you know, that ceiling becomes more reachable. But mm-hmm. as a younger player, and that's, and that's one of the good things here, because like you said, you have so much youth, that ceiling is a little bit higher. You can't quite see it just yet. You think that they have this potential to grow um, because of the youth, because of the inexperience. And, you know, I look, I look at and, and yeah, they, they, they fought their behinds off, and, and they still have a lot of room to grow, a lot of room to grow. I mean, as we saw, I mean, from preseason to regular season, Shuks Okorafor has been working exclusively at left tackles, now a right tackle. And Dan Moore, who was cross-training, is now bumped out to your left tackle and had, the, had that first task of the season as a pure rookie. Um, and then Kendrick Green, he was on yeah. the outs. He was, he, was, he was on the poop list. Then he went back on the good list. Kevin Dotson was, was in the doghouse all the training camp and then now is, is, is you know, starting on, on week one, season opener. And we just see that this is what it's going to be. It's going to be a constant turmoil shuffling of chairs figuring out which set it's like an interior designer trying to design a room right this table looks good this week in here next week it probably won't look as good you know once we start painting the walls then we gotta change the whole outfit and i think that's what they're kind of gonna go through you really think they're gonna do more of that though i think they got their line set well i think with zach banner if he comes back and proves he's healthy i think now you have a conundrum um you know with that one and then of course we'll see Oh, you, uh, I, oh, wow. I'm, okay. I'm not. Well. No way. I, I don't know enough to be nervous about moving Chukes back to left tackle. Chukes goes to the bench. I'm sorry. Dan Moore. Yeah. Now, you talked about ceiling, and I love all that. But what impressed me is their floor. Dan Moore got in. It, that, this is his bottom floor. Starting left tackle, give up one pressure. I like that. I, 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 think, I think he's got a better, more firm, solid footing on his floor than maybe Kendrick Green. But I think what, what we saw from Kendrick downfield in front of Chase Claypool, he, he wanted to kill somebody down there. He had a lot of enthusiasm, fresh legs, young legs. He was looking, he was looking to maim downfield and get Claypool into the end zone. I think Claypool should have used him a little better. But I yeah, would have uh, said stay right on his butt. <laughs> but here's the thing I loved about Kendrick Green. Did you see him take Vernon Butler and maul him on a run? I mean, body slam. This was a full-on, full-go body slam. And then a few plays later, he comes back. And I think this is what started the little brahuha, you know, with uh, Vernon uh, 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 Butler where, you know, they pulled Kendrick out for a little timeout, you know. Then he comes back and he takes Taron Johnson. And I'm telling you, if that's not abuse of a corpse, I don't know what it is. I mean, that was just woof. Go ahead, Wes. I like I like both of them. I like Dotson. Yeah, go ahead, Max. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, for Dan, <clears throat> for Dan, he calmed down because I know, you know, and this is me being right the analytical left tackle. Um, you know, he was shortening the corner early on, and and he yeah. did give up that 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 one sack, and that's where you know I'm like, okay, he has to calm down. But I do like Dan better at left tackle than I do Chukes. No question about it. But he's oh, going to still have to constantly work because guys are going to watch that film and figure out how how do I get him to shorten his corner. 
if he doesn't force the issue to keep that leg at a 45. That's my only concern with that, and that'll be something as the season progresses, he's either going to correct it or it's going to get more accentuated and they're going to scheme for that off of the blind side. That's my only right. like critique of okay. it. But I do like but I do like where Dan's at just from watching him in the preseason and his progression with the left tackle snaps that he did and even with the right tackle snaps that he took. I thought that he is showing that versatility, he's showing that youth, but it's going to come down to can he correct week in and week out? And I don't know if there's that guy in the room to show him how to do that yet because looking at the veterans in that room, it's Chooks, it's Zach, and it's Trey, essentially, that are in that room as vets. And I, they don't know what they don't know yet. So that's my only concern about not having as much experience in that room to help them with those type of corrections. You know, Max, you could go down into that room and you could go down into that room and use your sway. And, you know, it's been yeah. done from this show. I don't know if Wolf has the energy anymore for it, but <laughs> you can always oh, go he's down. calling out the old man. You can always yeah. go down and teach that, Max. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I that's don't know com- if my tier three badge gets me gets me into into the practice <laughs> facility though. With with these protocols, I, I I can sit across. You know, I can sit behind the fence by the train tracks and, and yell out or send a homing pigeon to them. But uh, you know, it's what's locked that, down what's right that now. Great line in the movies. The great line. What, you know, we don't need no stinking badges, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. no, we do. We do. Wex, we do. let me Sadly. ask you about this. All right, what what about the secondary? Did you? I was I was absolutely kind of stunned with the work of Trey Norwood, the ability to move Minka from the back end to the the box to the slot. The you got different numbers in different places. I thought Keith Butler did a remarkable job of not allowing them to pick on Trey Norwood because you don't know where Trey Norwood's going to be. My guess is uh, the credit goes to Mike Tomlin because that seemed like a very nuanced plan. Very, I mean, they want to move Minka down into more responsibilities. Uh, the Troy Dimebacker spot, uh, third down, you know, uh, study film, you know, and then play free safety when you feel Ruggs is going to go deep, you know, whatever. Whatever your instincts are telling you, Minka, have more say in there, watch more film, be more like Troy. So I think that started, and the key is to get another free safety, right? So right. you want to give Norwood a taste. I don't know if you want them picking on him because he had some rough moments in the preseason, I thought. As Tomlin kept praising yep. him, I kept wondering, what am I missing here? This guy's not this good. But Tomlin kno- knew how smart he was, for one thing. And so he put him at nickel to start with, and that, that allowed him to ease back into the free safety spot as a dime. And they gave him a taste back there. And every time Buffalo tested him deep, he was there. He was, he was on his whether you go to P's and Q's, you guys call it. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't miss anything. So that, that intelligence, yes, it's paying off, and now they can expand that with him. And at times put Mallette in there when you want maybe a better cover guy because Norwood is a safety. And I, I do believe they've always wanted a safety type as that nickel slot because Hilton was kind of a mm. safety. Yeah. Uh, so, no, and absolutely. Then, and then you and, and then with Dime, you can bring Pierre in and look at the job Pierre did. So it was a great job all the way around by the coaching staff first, Norwood second, and allowed Minka to do Minka things. And uh, Pierre coming in allowed them to use Sutton other places. And then the communication never seemed to break down. 
we're always used to some kind of breakdown. I haven't even mentioned Joe Hayden yet. <laughs> so it was, I thought it was, you know, as, as far as much as I appreciated what the O-line did as the game went on, I thought the secondary really was impressive. The, the overall, the planning, the communication, and the ability. I was just very impressed. Well, I would and, agree and I with you, Wex. Oh. And go ahead, Max. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no! You finish your thought. I got it after. Well, <laughs> yeah. The, the only, the only thing I, I really thought was just amazing to me was the fact that you had this frenzied activity up front. You know, they were moving. You know, Max said this during the game. You got two linebackers to one side. You got the heavy hoofers to the other side. Then pre-snap, you got people moving. But on the back end, you got people also moving around so that. As you, as Josh Allen, you know, he kind of had a couple times he had that uh, deer in the headlights look, and he was putting his head down and running whenever he, I thought he, he, he had a little bit of a confusion going on. And I thought it was just a brilliant overall game plan to have a lot of shiny things pre-snap and post-snap when they'd rotate people around. Sometimes they were playing a robber with Minka coming down and dropping into the middle of the field. Those things, uh, those are nuances that, I don't know, I, I think – in my mind, they show up around week six, week eight, week 12, you know, as you have people that are accustomed to playing with each other and they're, they're, they're accustomed to communication. Not this early in the season. I thought it was absolutely dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think anybody also, comments. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, I think also the pass rush always helps your secondary, right? right? The, the faster you can speed up a quarterback's progression and force him to make a mistake because of the pressure in his face, because let's face it, nobody wants to get hit by a guy 250-plus pounds or 300 pounds in that process. I think that also helps. But I will agree. James Pierre did a, did a lights-out job when Cam went down the slot. Bringing James in to play that outside corner position sure. was tremendous. And then, like you said, Trey learned from his mistakes – and when he went in at that safety position, because you're right, that is his position. I think it's more so Arthur Millette, James Pierre, how they develop in the slot is going to really help them because I think it gives Trey more flexibility and allows Minka to drop into the box and play that dime backer a little bit more. But, no, it was fantastic for the first game. Wex, I got to push back. I got I to say, I think that this is, it. this is the right recipe for them to actually have a home victory on Sunday against the Raiders. <laughs> Because you had enough, you had a lot of guys getting experience in that opener. It wasn't just your starting 11s and maybe that that twelfth man playing in the game. They got they got a lot of guys rotated in there that got some meaningful snaps in the game. That's going to help them further create confusion for this Oakland Raiders squad. Well, uh, let me just say that I feel I did my part. I alerted yeah. all these young players that this team can't beat the Raiders even when the Raiders go 1-16. The one win is against the Steelers. They should yeah. know that. And I, <laughs> I presented that to them. So when, I, when, when, when the game's over, I can either take credit for motivating them or take credit for oh. being right about the prediction. Uh, I can't yeah. lose here. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is all that, sides covered. Yourself, that's almost as good as me being able to make sure I got two two of those uh, Dolly Madison pies for one dollar, making sure that I covered all my bases. You know. All right, fellas, thank you so much, Wex. Thank you for joining us, and of course, Jim Wex will be on hopefully every Wednesday. Thank you, brother. Appreciate yeah. you checking. Have in. a great day, both of you guys. Take care. All, right, all right, it's Wolf and Starks in the locker room. We'll be back after this. 
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Wolf and Starks in the locker room, and the locker room is Hyde Park. Boy, I tell you what, I'm getting a little bit hungry, Max. I know that uh, I feel bad for you. You're in Phoenix. But, you know, maybe they can uh, – you got the – what did you call it, a smell phone or something like that? I got, I got the smell phones on, so we're good. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, when we – when you know, last night – or I should say Monday night, you're watching Monday night football, and it seems like guys after – you know, one after another were going down, and the Raiders had a little bit of an issue with injuries. But, you know, one of the things that, that uh, is somewhat overlooked by a lot of people is you got a Raiders team – that, uh, you know, it was a big game, Allegiant Stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. It's a big thing going on in Vegas, a big party-like, right? But it's Monday night football. You go into overtime. Uh, you're coming from west to east. When the time clock has got to be reset a little bit. So you got a shorter week, and you're less or down a few bodies. Um, that's a problem. Uh, in my mind, that's a problem for the Raiders. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, just to even start things out right, Cleland Farrell, um, who've been practicing all week, he goes down. His back's not right. He's on the impact, the inactive list. Richie Incognito is down with a nagging calf injury. So you're already going in with, with subbing in some of your starters already to this contest. And then as you play, you lose Marcus Mariota with a quad. You lose Yannick Ngakwe with a hamstring. And then Gerald McCoy, who you bring in, and and then you have him go down with the knee, and so you're you're scrambling to get all of these different pieces in place. They just signed, I believe, Damian Square off of the Bears practice squad um, to add to that depth. And so now you're saying that where Yannick and Gakway and Max Crosby really wreaked havoc on that Baltimore backfield uh, throughout most of that game. Now you're down that elite pass rusher. And, yes, you have Carl Nassib, who did come up with the big play at the end of the game, but there's a reason why Nassib is more of a situational rusher versus an every-down type of D lineman. So it's going to be some uh, some key injuries that we're going to monitor throughout this week to keep the fans abreast of it, how this team's going to look, because what you saw Monday night is not necessarily what you're going to get Sunday afternoon. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's a 1 o'clock kickoff. This isn't like uh... – you know, I mean, this is, uh, what, 9 o'clock to them, their bodies? That's what it's going to be like when they get here. You you go into overtime Monday night. They've got to talk about having to hustle up the rehab. you got to sleep fast. you got to rehab fast. I mean, this is a short work week for them. And, again, you're down a little bit of significance when you have a, a Mariota who made a big play. You remember he came in and, and ran the uh, a run pass option there and took off and he had a nice big run. I mean – there's, there's some elements here that, that lead me to think and hope that the Steelers can take advantage of maybe a slightly weakened and tired and maybe a little overextended Raiders football team. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's the thing. There's a lot of emotion that goes into a, a, a Monday night and all the festivities. I mean, my buddies who were in Vegas were just texting me left and right about all of the 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 accoutrements, the hooting and hollering. I mean, it looked like it, it looked like the VIP section of a club in the end zone with <laughs> bottle service, people doing shots, two shorts up on stage. You know, they've got Bruce Buffer uh, coming in with his it's time type of deal. And you right, know, how much right. money did he get paid just to say that? Uh, um, 
But, you know, unveiling this stadium that fans have been waiting so long to see, you know, out there in Vegas, uh, there's a lot of emotion that goes in with that. And so, you know, Jim Wexel last, last segment was talking about the letdown of the Steelers. Well, how about the letdown of the Raiders, right? And, and that promise because you are going on the road. You're going into a, another hostile environment, one that's not like your own. And you have a team that also won't back down, right? It, you know, what happens when Rocky goes against Rocky? You know, it's not Rocky versus Ivan yep. Dragov. It's not Rocky versus Apollo Creed or Clubber Lang. This is Rocky versus Rocky, two very similar teams. It's that man in the mirror that you talk about. How are you going to fight him? And, and so it's going to be a great contest. But I always like, you know, the home team in those situations because, like you said, you went a little bit longer than expected, and it went, it went a pretty long. And then you did it on a day shorter notice. And you have to still fly. So you're losing about a day and a half of work and recovery in that process, flying on a long flight from Vegas to Pittsburgh, about three hours and 49 minutes. Not that I've ever done that trek in my, in my career, but I'm just giving you guys a, a, you know, a round number about it. A lot of dehydration in the air. Um, so when you fly, so that's a lot of recovery. And then to have an early game as well. Um, all those things, you know, give you the precursors for what it is. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to performance. And I will say this. The Steelers sheet looked a lot cleaner than the Raiders sheet when it came to injuries. So that's where I feel positive versus how Jeff, how Jim feels uh, about that. No question about it. But the one thing I will say and what I talk about, um, and by the way, I'm just getting a fist bump from Jacob. You don't know all the extra effort that went in to get this show on the road down here today so Jacob did a great job let me tell you something but uh, you know the fact is you got a team that being the Raiders that came uh, from being down by 14 points right not only did they come back from that 14 points they tied the score in the fourth quarter but they did it two more times and they tied the game with a field goal with two seconds to go winning it in overtime with a nice 31 yarder the fact is you you've you got a team that really um, that that's resiliency, and like I said, that first game can can. You know what I mean? You got me. Oh, I got you now. You kind of oh, went out for yeah. a second. But, oh yeah. yeah, we just kind of went out for a moment. We're back. Okay, we're good. So the fact is, this this does lead to resilience, does it not, my friend? No, it it add, it adds in the resilience tree, right? Because every year is that journey and along that journey there's those moments that you take that define the character of your team and that was a, that was a character defining moment for that Raiders squad just as it was for our Steelers squad um, to do something when you're down but to not be out you know to get knocked right. down but keep standing up and that's what makes this great and the fact that we're getting this this matchup so early we're really going to see you know, how the rubber meets the road. I mean, Jim, Jim in his article, uh, Steel City Insider, you know, released that, hey, no matter how bad the Raiders have been, they're 5-2 and two against the Steelers in that same span. And I think that that is one of those things that's important. I, you know, I remember, you know, having to make the travel from east to west um, and go play Oakland out in Oakland. And, you know, right. they weren't that good. And we ended up giving up the goat to them um, yep. on, on that day. But I also remember when – the Raiders came into our stadium, you know, for our season opener. Jerry Rice was still a receiver for the Raiders, right? Robert Gallery was a, was the number two overall pick, 
and we went we went and took them to the woodshed. So that's where I find it, you know, a little tough to find that because I get it when it when there's expectations, but also know if you are the better team, you go out and prove it against them, and that's what's going to happen on Sunday. We're going to see who the better team is um, that can overcome the adversity of of all the extra minutia, or if you're going to give in, if you're going to seek comfort in the confines of excuse making or if you're going to go out and you're going to prove that theory wrong. All right, we got time, I think, to get to the phones. Hey, can we go to the phones? The number is 412-919-1316. I believe we got Doug from Breckenridge. Doug, are you there, my friend? Yes, I am. Good morning. We'll see. And, Max, uh, congratulations on your promotion and your new responsibilities. Thank you. Can you hear me? Appreciate yeah, you. We yeah, we got you, Doug. Come ahead. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, just uh, observation. You know, I'm not an expert like you guys, of course. Uh, I just like the beginning of the game of uh, lesser penalties. Right. Hardly any turnovers. No turnovers. And, and some first downs that really made a difference uh, in that game. Uh, another comment, uh, I love uh, Mike Tomlin. I mean, underrated coach. I just want to give a shout-out to him. Uh, and two questions. Are you still doing away, my the way-in Tuesday? Two, two, are you still doing the way-in way in uh, We have not done the way-in Wednesday. It's way-in oh. Wednesday. And uh, okay. we, you might have to ramp it up a little bit for me because uh, Jacob was just asking me uh, about that, if we were going to do it, and I kind of gave him the side eye, you know, like, don't go there yet, you know. I mean, Gadzooks, I'm down here at Hyde Park, man. I mean, what am I going to do? You know, We can't have weigh-in Wednesday when you're down at Hyde Park. Uh, well, you know. What's your second question? My second yeah. question <laughs> gotcha. is. Gotcha. My second question is with uh, all your expertise, uh, are you guys like mentors with any of the football players, you know, that come up? Do they ever ask you guys questions? And, you know, that, that, that's really uh, my last question. And I love you guys. Well, thank you, brother. Appreciate you so much, and thank you for the call. And, Max, I'm going to give it to you because I spent uh, 20 years. I had, a, I had my own gym. Uh, my wife and I, Faith, we trained uh, athletes and fighters in our gym for 20-some years uh, here in Pittsburgh. And then after broadcasting kind of got a little too uh, time-consuming, we had to uh, let that go. And so, uh, Max, I know you are involved in, in uh, training and, and uh, teaching offensive linemen, so give it out. Yeah. So uh, I will say I, I have graduated from the uh, Wolfley Boxing Academy. Um, there you go. You know, I actually was a mentee of Wolf's. I, rem- I, I remember driving out there, was it near Bridgeville, to, to, to the gym yep. and actually working out in the gym a couple of times in season. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, yes. there's a couple of guys that I, that I, that I talk to on the offensive line and I, I've, gi- I've given my advice to. And, you know, I, I make sure that I communicate with Adrian Clem to let him know, hey, if the guys have any questions or need anything from me, you know, I'm here as a resource because uh, him and LaCharles right. Bentley were, uh, were, were, were good friends and teammates. And I know that him and LaCharles talk. And, you know, I work at LaCharles Bentley's gym, so that's the O-line performance place. 
But so I'm like, I'm here as a resource. If you need me to watch you, if you need me to give you some analysis, I never forget when Zach Banner came off the sidelines of that Lions game. Hey, Max, what it look like? You know, right. it, you know, give me give me your thoughts. I mean, that's the type of things that you know, as a former player in that position, I'm gonna always want to help those guys and want to make sure that they're okay. So I'm always available as a resource. But there's a couple of guys that I, that I do speak to, and we do have those conversations. All right, I think that'll wrap up this segment. We're going to be back with more. It's Wolf and Starks in the locker room at Hyde Park. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, welcome, everybody. It's the final segment of Wolf and Starks in the locker room. The locker room is Hyde Park, the purveyors of the Primo Steak in Pittsburgh. I got to tell you, it's a great place to be. Okay, we're going to go to the phones. And the phones, well, we're not going to give out the number. we got enough people to bang through this whole segment. But let's start off with Steelers Nation in Chicago with CR. CR, you're in the locker room. Hey, what's going on, you two old folks? It's CR, Steelers Nation Chicago. How the heck are you guys doing this morning? CR, I'm doing good, but I'm not an old folk. He, I'm not an old he's fogey. not an old fogey. You can't use that, that tagline anymore. <laughs> okay, let me explain what I'm saying. You you came on board with Ben Roethlisberger. You were in his class. He's an old fogey right. as far as football is concerned. Even though you're not playing, that automatically makes you an old fogey. What you got to say about that? Well, the the difference is I I made the transition. So technically, in my new chapter of life, I'm only on you know page eight. So I mean, I'm technically <laughs> older for going by chapters, but I, I'm young. I'm young and spry in the in the mental index of, of my civilian life. <laughs> oh, so, you, uh, so oh, this CR, is, this is be a CR. Good now you got to. Really you're gonna yeah. have to say. You're gonna have to refer to yourself and me as the old fogies. Okay, so that's that's what yeah. it's gonna all right, be. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, but by the time he gets through hanging out with us, he'll be an old fogie in the mind. How's that? There we there go. There you go. There we Sounds go. good. What you got, CR? Hey, so, hey guys. Well, first of all, um, that Doug just called in. I'm, we got two Dougs on here. We got one from Arkansas. We got one from Georgia. So I don't know which one is which. I'm trying to keep a record here. Um, anyway, hey Matt, I really appreciate you being on board, man. I, I like your style. <clears throat> I like the way you present yourself. You got a, a lot of good insight, and I just look forward to working with us uh, for the rest of the for the rest of the year. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm Thank sorry you. about that. As far as um, uh, what's going on, we um, we need to be focused on uh, on this game coming up. That last game was a um, you know a win. People are underestimating us as a Steeler Nation, which is pretty cool. It's okay under the radar. It's fine. Um, the the talk right now is about the Raiders and how they've uh, always beat up on the Steelers unexpectedly. But that was then. Uh, this is now. So it's a, a brand new day. What happened last year is last year. What's going to happen this year is going to determine what's going on this year. What's your comments on that part? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, hey, go out and prove it. I mean, week to week, there's do you have tape that you can watch, you have an opportunity to get better, and you can see yourself in live action situations. It's not preseason tape. This isn't practice film. This is live action against opposition and opponents that want to do harm to you and the guys that you're protecting from an offensive perspective and guys who want to inflict, you know, 
positive yardage on your defense. And I thought this was a great way to self-scout yourself because the Raiders are watching the same film that you're watching. So not only look at what they're doing when you watch their film, but when you do your own critical game review, make sure you're being honest with yourself as well and the things that you need to work on. Because if you continually do that and talk about when you had a false step or talk about when you missed a gap on your twist stunt or you dropped and bailed in coverage a little bit too soon, be honest with yourself in that self-critique because the opponent is critiquing that as well. And he's going to be keying in on some of your faults because he wants to take advantage of those. But if you self-exploit yourself and work on those weaknesses I talked about earlier in the show to make them strengths, that's when you become a better team. And that's where the progress goes from game to game and week to week as you progress through the season. The other thing I would say, CR, hold on. CR, CR, let me just say this too, what's important. The opportunity to redeem yourself in an, in an atmosphere of which um, you kind of messed up the last time. All right, think about your five and two against the Raiders or whatever that score. Think about Deontay Johnson in Buffalo. Last year he got benched, right? He got benched, dropped the ball a couple times. What's he do? He has an opportunity to come back and set things right. And I think it's a beautiful thing when a guy comes back and is able to right the wrongs, make that touchdown catch instead of dropping that touchdown catch. The game ends on a, on a great note because you win. And you, you, you get to redeem yourself in the place that you actually got sat down in. This is one of those little redemption-type angle things that you got with the Steelers. They, this is a good opportunity to take the Raiders to the woodshed in your house season opening after a great win in Buffalo. So there you go. You got that right, especially a, a home win. Um, as far as uh, uh, Max, I was going to say, um, I really like the way you break things down, man. You got you got some real good uh, skills in, in um, uh, breaking that down to people who don't really know what's going on in the line, those little uh, tidbits about the hands, the feet, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this one will wrap up with uh, talking about what Tomlin was saying about we got to get better. Uh, you know, really we got beat in that game uh, on the statistics side of the house. Uh, first downs, uh, we got 16, they got 22 um, uh, uh, plays. Uh, we got 55, we got 79. Total yards, 252. We got 371. They got 371. So they got beaten all those areas. But then again, you got to remember that this is a brand new line. Uh, as I said, the first time the Steelers have this type of line, and uh, the guys are learning. So that was a good learning curve. And I think uh, I think we're gonna bring some things together. They got a, a feel for how to play in that first game. Now they've got to put that stuff together and uh, uh, for the second game. What say you? Well, I think you're right, and they're going to have to. But, CR, we got to jump out because we got some more people we want to try to get in. Okay, bud? So we'll catch, we'll catch you later this week. All right, let's go, let's go to Wallace in Ohio. Wallace, you're in the locker room. Hi, Wolf. Hi, Max. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Doing good, brother. Good. Doing good. Good. I remember uh, Max's block in Super Bowl 40 sealing uh, the inside edge on Willie Parker's run there. So uh, it's great to uh, have you here on uh, the locker room and be able to talk to you today. I tried to call yesterday and I dropped the call somehow. But uh, hey, uh, have you ever seen the movie Conan the Barbarian, the original one with Arnold in it? Because oh, yes. there's a line in it that I like where they're sitting around a fire and uh, one of the chieftains asks what is best in life and Conan says to crush the enemy 
drive them before you and hear the lamentations of the women. After the game on Sunday, I was out on my patio listening to SNR, the post-game show, and I could hear my Browns fans' neighbors screaming at their game that was still in progress. That was best in life. Uh, I live in uh, Sandusky, Ohio, so I want to shout out to Cleveland. I uh, wish there was a way I could get in touch with him and uh, we could meet up and watch a ball game. But, uh, hey, I'm glad to hear you guys back on the air. And, and well, I wanted to welcome Max. And, uh, hey, let's keep it rolling. Thank you Absolutely. so much, Wallace. We appreciate it. You know, Max, I love that line, to hear the lamentations of the women. All right? Just like Arnold. Get to the chopper. Okay? All right. Let's go to Jerry and Johnstown. Yes. Jerry and Johnstown, you're in the locker room. We're banging through here. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Miss Jerry, welcome to the locker room. How you doing? Okay. Hey, Wolfram. I am just heartbroken about Tunch. Um, But I'll get to the point right away. Um, I know you're a military father, a military dad, and I'm a military mom. And my son is going to be doing the flyover on Sunday before the game. His unit, oh, um, the Blackhawk unit wonderful. from John's house. And he just got back from his third deployment to the Middle East. And Max, oh, I want to mention to you, uh, his first deployment was to Kosovo. And he had his picture taken with you right after you guys won Super Bowl Forty in Detroit. And he still has that picture. I have that picture. And I will cherish that forever. But I was wondering if there's any way during that flyover on the broadcast, Wolf, that you can mention and acknowledge his unit for doing the flyover because they don't broadcast that on TV because the network's always in a commercial, you know? Absolutely. Well, I would say this. I'm sure that the uh, station has the information of who's going to be doing the flyover and from where. But if you'd want to text it to us, or some way um, get it to us where we could get that information. I would love to know it, you know what I mean? Because our military men and women are so fantabulous. You know, no question in my mind, the fact that you're doing a flyover, that would just be so awesome. And so, oh, this, this oh you can do it on Twitter. Day, um, you want me Go to ahead. put it on Twitter? How to, to who? Uh, who would you send that to, Jacob? Yeah, you could, ta- you you, said, you could tag me. Um, or anybody, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we get that. Tag, yeah, tag Max, because I don't know how to tweet Twitter or whatever, you know, ES, or ESPN okay, you Pittsburgh. Know, that would be another one. Okay, ESPN Pittsburgh. Okay, here's another tidbit. The last time that my son's unit did the flyover was right before, it was during the 2008 season. They started off the home opener flying over. And it oh, ended when that. the Steelers won Super Bowl 43. <laughs> I like the mojo it's in that one, omen. that's for sure. It's a good omen. Yes, indeed. And, I just got a picture. Yes, it is. and I'll tell you something else real quick. Um, I did a post on Facebook yesterday asking anybody if they were going to the game, if they could videotape or video the flyover because I can't go. And it went viral. Everybody in Steeler Nation was texting me saying they will try to get it. They were offering <laughs> me tickets and everything. It was great, I, you know. And I, I'm going I'm to film the flyover as well, Jerry. So if you find my Twitter, I, I do that. And, and that unit unit out of uh, Johnstown, I remember those guys well. In fact, I still keep in touch with one of their lead mechanics, uh, Greg Skip Turan. So so Skip well, my, um, my, has been a good know, friend my of mine. Son is, my, 
My son is the crew chief now for the, the Blackhawks. Oh. He used to be the flu, uh, crew chief for the Apaches, but now the unit switched from the Apache unit to the Blackhawk. Yeah. In fact, I just received the text or uh, a message from a guy. I guess he was on a Fort Pitt bridge coming out of the tunnel, and he uh, got a picture of the boys doing their practice flyover at the Pines Field. Oh, that Thank is you so awesome. much, Ms. Jerry. Tomorrow Thanks, we got to go, but I, I will tell the story. Tunch and I did, we did a ride-along with uh, the, those guys in Detroit that were protecting, you know, Ford Field during the Super Bowl. So we'll, we'll go to that tomorrow. But, all right, thank you so much, Jerry. Appreciate you. Uh, Max, I couldn't take a picture of the flyover if I had a Kodak camera. So, I mean, that's how, that's how non-technical I am. But I appreciate you, Max. Great to have you. We're here at Hyde Park. And uh, we will be back tomorrow, God willing. The, uh, you know, it's a great day, and football is on its way as the Raiders are coming in to Pittsburgh. So having said all that, as uh, you know, just to sign off, as my dad used to tell me, hey, Muttonhead, pass the ketchup. You're listening to Wolf and Starks in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and, and ESPN 970.